On today's show, the Yankees win the series in Toronto. We'll go through all three games, spotlight the good, complain about the bad, and then we'll preview the Yankees-Rays series, which begins tonight in Tropicana Field. All next on Locked on Yankees. You are Locked on Yankees, your daily New York Yankees podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone. Happy Monday. It's Monday, June 20th. This is Locked On Yankees, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Stacey Gotsoulias. Welcome to the show. I'd like to thank you for making Locked On Yankees your first listen every day. We're free and available on all platforms, including Apple, Odyssey, Spotify, and Stitcher. You can watch and subscribe to us on YouTube. Also, hit the like button and the bell so you're notified as soon as our videos go live. Also, feel free to comment if you feel so inclined. And when you get into your car, you can tell your smart device to play podcast Locked on Yankees. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Bet BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. So, two out of three against the Blue Jays. I must said Red Sox. Blue Jays in Toronto. That's not bad. And yes, it was bad the way they lost. Yesterday, we're going to talk about Sunday's game first and work our way back. But a two out of three is good, even though I always talk about it on the show that I prefer the two out of three to either be a two out of three sandwich, like what happened in Minnesota with the losses in the middle and it's surrounded by two wins, or perhaps you start a series off with a loss and then you finish strong with two wins. It always feels like when a two out of three happens, and the kind of loss that happened on Sunday afternoon happens. Can I say happens any more times today? Probably. It kind of spoils it. But you should be proud. The Yankees are 11 games ahead of the Blue Jays. And we can talk about that because, as I said at the top of the show, it's June 20th. We can look at the standings. They outscored them 25-13. They won two out of three. They won five out of the first six against the Rays and the Jays during this tough stretch that I've been talking about all month. So, so far, so good. Now, what wasn't good was Sunday's game and the way that it went down because it was looking good (laughs) for the Yankees, looking really good for the Yankees. And then until it wasn't, until Miguel Castro. Now, was anyone else second-guessing Boone at that moment, or was it just me? It couldn't have been just me. I didn't feel comfortable with Miguel Castro coming in with two guys on and no outs. And then he almost got out of it, and then he didn't get out of it. And then I thought, okay, it's 8-7. Maybe the Yankees' offense can get to the Blue Jays' bullpen. And it just didn't work out. And it's fine. It would have been nice to have a 10-game winning streak. It would have been nice to have swept the Jays at home. That would have been a really big boost for the Yankees. They would have been up 12 games. It would have been amazing. But you know what? They still have the same record as the 98 Yankees do after 68 games. Uh, 66 games, excuse me. Monday, 49-17. No one expected this. And I say it all the time. No one expected this. This is nice. This is pleasurable. This is fine. The first two games were great. Third game was not. 
Now, speaking of the rest of the game, because, you know, up until the, what was it, the sixth? <laughs> the bottom of the, was it the bottom of the sixth? Right, yeah. <laughs> um, until then, you know, things were looking really good. And Severino really only made one mistake, by the way, um, when I previewed the series. Garrett Cole was supposed to pitch yesterday, and then they switched it up, and now he'll be pitching tonight against the Rays, which we'll talk about in segment three. So Severino made the start, and it wasn't terrible. Um, it turned into terrible <laughs> because he left those two guys on base. He gave up two home runs. It looks worse than it was. The Yankees were able to get to Kikuchi enough, three runs in four innings. Then they got to Simber, three runs in one inning. Castillo, two runs in one inning. And then the rest of the bullpen kind of kept the Yankees at bay, except Meza. He gave up the home run to um, Rizzo in the uh, not the ninth, the eighth. That kind of made it like, oh, all right, maybe the Yankees can pull this off. But they didn't. So Severino goes five, gives up five runs on three hits, walks four, strikes out nine, gives up the two home runs. Miguel Castro gives up the grand slam. Wandy Peralta gives up a big home run. And uh, and Ron Marinaccio, one and one third, two walks, one strikeout, didn't give up a run. So he was the only Yankee pitcher that didn't give up a run. So good for you. But yeah. But the Yankees, you know, they were looking good at the beginning. Gleyber Torres had a home run. Donaldson had a home run. Higashioka hit a home run. Marwin Gonzalez hit a home run. So up until the top of the sixth, things were looking really good for the Yankees. And then it all fell apart. And we haven't had a loss like this in a while. And it felt very strange. I, I, I didn't quite know how to feel. I will say this. I didn't feel like they were going to win yesterday. And I know people are like, what are you talking about? I usually can feel it in my gut if they're going to lose. I get like a strange feeling in my body when they're going to lose. And I felt it yesterday. Even when they were up 8-3, it didn't feel comfortable to me, you know? And so I wasn't shocked by what happened, but it was still annoying to watch. I'll say that much. But again, as I said, it's been a while since they played like that. Um, but you know, they were in it till the end. They made it interesting in the ninth inning and just couldn't get it over with and couldn't do anything. So, um, the Yankee players themselves are fine because after Jordan Montgomery's win on Friday, he even said something like he joked, I think he joked about the Yankees having the memory of a goldfish and that they don't let the losses get to them, and they just move on to the next game. So hopefully that'll happen tonight before they play the Rays. So in a moment, we'll look at Friday and Saturday's games, talk about Jordan Montgomery, Jamison Tyone, and the offense exploding on Friday night. But first... Our next partner has a product I use literally every day. I started taking AG1 because I didn't have time to take a bunch of supplements. I wanted more energy. I don't like taking a lot of pills and vitamins, and I wanted something that tasted great. With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adoptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, nervous system, immune system, energy focus, 
recovery and aging, all the things I need because I take it in the morning before I have my breakfast and my coffee and before I work out, and it seems to help. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's all you need. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash MLB network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash MLB network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Thank you for making Locked On Yankees your first listen every day. We're free and available on all platforms. So let's talk about the weekend. The better part of the weekend, Friday and Saturday, when the Yankees kicked the Blue Jays' butts, especially Friday night. That was, first of all, (laughs) they scored 12 runs in a game pitched by Jordan Montgomery. They don't usually do that. He's three and one now. He's three. Was that three in a row? (laughs) Holy cow. Yeah. And, you know, Ross Stripling isn't a bad pitcher. But the Yankees just, yeah. I mean, it was really the bullpen's fault that the Yankees lost. They scored eight runs before the the bullpen explosion yesterday. So the offense did everything they needed to do. So, yeah, we'll blame the bullpen for that. The offense had nothing to do with yesterday's loss. So Montgomery on Friday night, six innings, two runs on three hits, one walk, five strikeouts. He did give up a home run to uh, Kirk, that pain in the butt. Why does Alejandro Kirk look like a human fire hydrant? He's built like a fire hydrant. How does he play sports? (laughs) I love baseball. That's why I love baseball. Guys who look like Alejandro Kirk can play baseball. And he's a good little player, you know? He's not their full-time catcher, right? I think he splits time with... um, Oh. I can't think of his name, Um, but Kirk has six home runs on the season. And, you know, he always seems to come up with the big hit for the Blue Jays. And uh, yeah, again, he looks like a fire hydrant. I don't understand. And I don't mean that in a disparaging way. Just look at the way he's built. He doesn't look like a guy who should be playing sports. So Stripling was three and two third innings, two runs on five hits, two walks, three strikeouts. Now, the Yankees really kicked the poop. I can't really say bad words. Out of Thornton, who only lasted a third of an inning, he gave up five runs on five hits, including two home runs. Stanton hit his 14th home run off Thornton. Then LeMahieu hit his sixth home run off Thornton. Rizzo also hit a home run in that big fifth inning because that's when uh, the Yankees just absolutely went ham and scored eight runs. That home run came off Richards, and it was a grand slam. And how funny was it that on Friday night, both the Yankees and the Mets, their first basemen, both hit grand slams to help them win their games. And then how funny is it yesterday that the Mets and Yankees both lost because of grand slams, essentially. I mean, you know, the Yankees were still winning when that grand slam was hit, but you kind of knew the end was coming. You knew the loss was coming. It just felt like it it was happening. So kind of strange that the Yankees and Mets have similar things happening. And so Richards gave up three runs on two hits, the one home run, and that was in one inning. And then Lawrence came in to pitch the final four innings for the Blue Jays, gave up two runs including a home run by Joey Gallo. I mean, it was a garbage time home run, but that was a far home run. 
he hit that really far, which was nice to see. Glaber Torres and Gallo both had doubles. Actually, Torres had two. Uh, Glaber, can we talk about Glaber being Glaber Torres? And really, he's helping the Yankees a lot. Him being his old self or him being his 2019 self, just not beating his beating up on the Orioles as much as he did in 2019, but him being back to that Glaber Torres, big for the Yankees. Yankees were four for 15 with runners in scoring positions, so they could have actually scored more, and they didn't. They left seven on base. The Blue Jays were two for 10 with runners in scoring position on Friday night. They left six on base. So Jordan Montgomery went six. Manny Banuelos came in, pitched an inning and one-third, gave up one run on two hits. Then Miguel Castro came in, pitched two-thirds of an inning, didn't give up a run or a hit. Lucas Lecky pitched an inning, didn't give up a run or a hit. So Friday night, much better than Sunday. And then Saturday, can we talk about Jamison Tyone? Because I don't think he's getting enough credit for how well he's doing this season. Like, it doesn't seem like it. I feel like other guys are being talked about more than him. And it's so unfair because he's doing so well. Now, I know win-loss totals don't really matter, but he is 8-1. and one. <laughs> And his ERA is 270 on the nose. And I had said going into the series and going into this game because he was facing off against Alec Manoa. The last time the Yankees played against the Blue Jays in Toronto and they faced Alec Manoa, the key was the pitching kept them in the game, only gave up a run. Judge was able to tie it. And then once they got to the bullpen, they were able to score. Now, in this game, it was different because Alec Manoa gave up four runs in five and one third innings. The Yankees got to him. And I believe it was Dan Shulman of the Blue Jays broadcast team, maybe it was him or it was, who was it? I can't remember whose voice it was, but they just said the Yankees even got to Manoa. You know, Manoa, they, they raised Manoa's ERA to two. <laughs> it was like a one, six, seven or a one. It was low, you know, not the two is bad. Two is good. A two ERA is actually excellent, but yeah, the Yankees did that to Alec Manoa. Aaron Hicks. Big double, busting open the game. Three runs batted in. Those were the three runs that happened in that fourth inning. Then the Yankees scored a run in the sixth, and they went on to win 4 nothing. Tyone, looking really good. Five and two-third innings, four hits, no runs, two walks, eight strikeouts. He had 88 pitches in those five and two-third innings. Michael King came in and did Michael King things for two innings. Gave up a hit. Obviously didn't give up a run because it was a shutout. Walked one, struck out three, and then Clay Holmes. One and one-third innings, one strikeout. His ERA is a 0.28. He also has, he broke Mariano Rivera's scoreless appearance streak, if I'm not mistaken, because it's 31 straight appearances, scoreless appearances. Amazing. Like I keep saying, I do not want to see Aroldis Chapman anywhere, anywhere near the ninth inning, unless 
the Yankees are up by, I don't know, 19, 20 runs or maybe 10. We'll give we'll give Chapman a 10 run spot. But no, I really don't want to see him closing. And I know Boone mentioned something to the effect of him coming back in and they would switch off between him and, and uh, Clay Holmes. And they probably should because they are using Holmes a lot. And, you know, you just want to be careful with that. It's not July yet. There's still a lot of baseball left and you want to be careful with these guys and not use them too much. But yeah, no, I don't want to see. I don't want to see Aroldis Chapman in anywhere near there. So in segment three, we'll be previewing the Yankees and the Rays because that's happening the next three days. But first... Bet online is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. You can find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including the Stanley Cup Finals, um, the Avalanche beating up on the Lightning the other night. I couldn't believe that score. Seven nothing. And then you can also check out Major League Baseball. So the Yankees apparently, when the season opened, Bet Online had them at ninety-two and a half wins, and now they're up to a hundred and three and a half. Or 103 and a half. So that's a big difference. They're plus 11. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. And BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or Use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online where the game starts. So, Yankees are in Tropicana Field for three days. I'm not happy about the whole having to play on turf six days in a row thing. That always worries me because, as I keep saying, <laughs> things are going too well for the Yankees and it's kind of scaring me right now. You know, yesterday, yes, there was a bullpen blow up. It happens from time to time, but everything else is going really well for the Yankees and it's making me uncomfortable and I don't like it and it scares me. So anyway, tonight, Garrett Cole against Shane McClanahan and that is a 7-10 start in Tropicana Field. It's a yes game. You don't have to use any streaming services. Coming into this game, Garrett Cole is 6-1 with a 3.33 ERA, 91 strikeouts on the season. Shane McClanahan is 7-3 with a 1.84 ERA and 105 strikeouts. Now, as you know, the Yankees were able to get to McClanahan a little bit there. Not a lot. <laughs> not a lot. It was not his fault that the Yankees scored it was, what was it, four runs? And one of them was earned, right? Because the Rays were just really sloppy in that game. So the Yankees did give him his third loss of the season when they saw him on the 15th. He only gave up three hits in six innings, walked two, struck out seven. And as for Cole, in his last start against Tampa, six innings, no runs, five hits, one walk, seven strikeouts, picked up his win his sixth win of the season. And as for matchups and how the players do, we tell you all the time, G-Man Choi, now his average has gone down a little bit because in the last two starts that Garrett Cole has made against the Rays, Choi hasn't really done anything. Knocking on wood. So maybe, maybe Cole has figured that out. Maybe he's figured out how to pitch against him. But historically, in 19 at-bats, 
G-Man Choi has three home runs and eight runs batted in. Yandy Diaz has a home run off Cole, and so does Kevin Kiermeyer. As for the Yankees against McClanahan, Kyle Higashioka, Aaron Judge, and Gleyber Torres all have home runs off McClanahan. And for some reason, Gleyber Torres in 11 at-bats is batting 545 against him. Judge in 13 at-bats is only batting 231, but he does have that one home run. And then for tomorrow in Tropicana Field, also a 710. Oh, TBD. Wait, everything is TBD? Well, that doesn't help, guys. All right, so Tuesday's game is TBD for both teams. I'm assuming it's going to be... It would be Nestor at this point. So why is it TBD? And then on Wednesday, it's TBD for the Yankees, but not for Tampa. Shane Baz will be pitching on Wednesday. In his last start against Baltimore, he did not get the decision, pitched six innings, didn't give up a run, only surrendered two hits, did not walk anyone, and struck out seven. Now, against Minnesota, and I've said this, I think I said it on Friday's show, or I maybe mentioned it on... Thursday or Wednesday, because when they were playing the Rays, I mentioned that after the Twins offense kind of victimized the Yankee starters, they did the same thing to the Rays. And on June 11th, Shane Baz only went two and one third innings against Minnesota, gave up five runs on three hits with three walks, two strikeouts. He picked up the loss. So there you go with that. Well, um, since we don't know the probables, which totally ruins my third segment, guys, how could you not know who's going to pitch? It's probably going to be Nestor, right? And Jordan Montgomery. I would assume in that order. I would assume that's how it would go. And I'm not sure about the Rays because I don't pay attention too much to them. No offense, but, you know. So while we're here, let's look at... I'm going to go to Baseball Savant because I want to look at, well, do I want to? No, I don't want to. <laughs> We're going to look at Miguel Castro and what happened there. Because uh, on Baseball on baseball Savant, you can look at, at bats. So let's look at, oh my God. Okay, so Miguel Castro against Lourdes Gurriel Jr., the Grand Slam. It was a 99.3 miles per hour. Wait, it was a 99.3 mile per hour sinker. That didn't quite sink. Now, it wasn't a terrible pitch. It was kind of in. Yeah, it was kind of in. So, you know, good on Guriel for hitting it. But ugh, just, yeah, that was rough yesterday. <laughs> That was rough. <laughs> but as I said, the Yankees like to say that they have short-term memories. Like they don't think about, they don't dwell on the losses. There have only been 17 of them. <laughs> so the key for this series is will the Yankees get to 50 wins first before they get to 20 losses? Hopefully they will. They're at 49 and 17. Unless something disastrous happens. Hopefully it won't. Hopefully I didn't just jinx them because that would be not so nice. 
And then after they play the Rays for three, they're playing the Astros for four. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday at Yankee Stadium. At least it's a home series. And just so you know, I will be doing a post-series recap with the guys from Locked On Astros. We were going to do a preview first. Their schedule is too busy for that. So it'll be interesting because I don't do many postseason reviews with the opposing teams. So that should be an interesting show. And that will be for Monday's show. Yeah, so <laughs> hopefully the Yankees will do okay in those four games against the uh, Astros because the Astros are pretty good. Not as good as the Yankees, but pretty good. And, oh, speaking of that, let's look at the rest of the standings because I told you about how the Yankees are 11 games ahead of the Blue Jays right now. And, you know, playing them head-to-head and winning two out of three really helped, obviously. And if the Yankees can do what they did against the Rays last week or, you know, two out of three, if they can do that, that'll really help them more in the standings. If the standings would like to load on my computer. Thank you. Thank you, Chromebook. Okay. Yankees 49 and 17. Toronto's 38 and 28. Tampa's 36 and 30. Boston is right behind them. So the Yankees actually have a chance to help Boston if they beat the Rays and if Boston can beat the Tigers. They're playing the Tigers at home. And the Tigers are 26 and 40. They're 3 and 7 in their last 10, but they have won two in a row. So if the Yankees can take care of Tampa, they're actually going to help Boston get into third place. <laughs> That's interesting. And then Baltimore is 30 and 38. So they're not, they're not that terrible. They're actually better than a few teams. They're better than Detroit. They're better than Kansas City. They're better. Oakland is 23 and 45. They're in the basement of the AL West. Another team that's kind of surprising in the standings, not doing as well as people were hoping they would do. Seattle. They're 10 games under 500, 29 and 39. They're 13 games behind Houston. They're three and seven in their last 10. They've lost three in a row. Their run, diff- diff- high. Their run differential is minus 19. Oakland's minus 93. Let's see. The Orioles are better than Miami. They're better than Washington. They're better than Pittsburgh. They're better than the Cubs. They're better than the Reds. And they're just under the Rockies. Yeah, because the Rockies are 30 and 37. And the Orioles are 30 and 38. So it's just that one extra loss because Colorado's winning percentage is 448 and Baltimore's 441. So it's interesting to look at the standings from all over the place, like all the different divisions and how bad so many teams are. That's a lot of teams that are under. 500 15 out of 30 half the league is under 500 that's not good but the amazing thing is at 30 and 37 Colorado's only eight games behind the wild card spot and they're only only 11 behind the Dodgers who are 40 and 25 is that the closest division yeah that's the the smallest division lead The Yankees are 20 ahead of Baltimore. 
Minnesota is 13 and a half ahead of Kansas City. Houston's 14 ahead of Oakland. The Mets are 15 and a half against last place Washington. Milwaukee is 14 ahead of Cincinnati. Oh, I'm looking at the wrong column. Sorry. Hold on. Houston's 19 ahead of Oakland. And let's see. Oh, I misspoke. The Mets have a bitter, a bigger division lead, but only because Washington is horrible. They're 24 and 46 and the Mets are 44 and 24. So, yeah. And the Nationals are so bad that their run differential is one, minus 109. And I believe, yeah, that's the worst. The Orioles at 30 and 38, their run differential is only minus 39. So the Orioles are actually doing pretty well compared to a bunch of these teams. So as per usual, the AL East is the strongest division in the league, even with the Orioles there. Pretty cool. So tomorrow's show, recap of tonight's game, preview of the rest of the series, because hopefully the pitching will be lined up. And anything else that happens down in Tampa, or technically St. Petersburg, because that's where Tropicana Field is, anything else you need to know, we will discuss it on the show tomorrow. But for now, that's it for this episode of Locked On Yankees, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'd like to remind you that you can listen to the show in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, Spotify, Stitcher, or anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can watch and subscribe to us on YouTube. Again, like and comment. And when you get into your car, you can tell your smart device to play podcasts Locked on Yankees. Now, speaking of podcasts, the first picks of the Ultimate NBA Mock Draft have been made. Search now for Ultimate NBA Mock Draft and get over 50 insiders, the Odyssey sports experts, and the draft experts of Locked on NBA Big Board. The five-episode Ultimate NBA Mock Draft is underway, so make the ultimate NBA mock draft your second listen today one more thing if you could be so kind please rate the podcast and spread the word about this podcast to your fellow Yankee fans we would really appreciate it so enjoy your Monday and I will talk to you tomorrow